Hey, guess what? What? You know where you are? I do. You know where I am? Uh-huh. Should we share it with everyone else? Why not? We're in the Grotto Pod. What? And so are you. Aww. Loyal. Loyal <laughs> listeners. And lovely. So, uh, I guess, do we got some news to drop on them? Yeah, should I, I let it out? Now? I think you should let the news out, and then I want to. I say think I should something. let let the news out. There's been a our, our, we've been a spotty grotto pod over the last. We have. It's been a little catch as catch can. Few here. weeks, and one of the reasons why is unbeknownst to you, we've been winding uh, this little team right here of hosts, the Bridget Quinn author and myself, that Larry Rosen. We have been winding down to our last grotto pod. I think this might be it. And today it arrives. Larry. It wasn't exactly the... um, uh, Bang up. (laughs) Right. The grand finale that I had hoped for, but you know... It's kind of a metaphor for our experience. It's had its ups and downs, for sure. (laughs) But also, like, lots of super cool events, super cool things happening. Yes. But we couldn't always, like, push it through to the... And listen, yeah. We'll be be making a guest appearance here. Uh, I believe in April was when those episodes will air. Yeah, you know what? Also, people, if you're around Boise, Idaho, we're going to be at Story Fort. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be so many places at Story Fort. (laughs) You're going to get sick of seeing me at Story Fort. Thank goodness you sent me. Larry sent me an email just a few days ago, and he's like, what damn are you? getting there i was like oh i better you buy make a ticket. <laughs> but now i have tickets you're gonna get there in time to have, have a bar fight yeah. with jonathan evison and i uh, up awesome. there in front of the young boiseites you know the, one of the problems i'm having right now is i still have mints in my mouth i've already noticed that so let me just say well do we need to go on about so yeah yeah we'll talk let's talk a little more about so okay. so what's going to happen next um for all of you loyal loyal grotto pot Listeners, is that the Grotto Pod is not going to be deceased. No, it's not going anywhere. In fact, it's going to be reborn uh, as, I think, something kind of different. I think from it is going to be different. Now. It's going to be more like um, episodic. A real, a real podcast. A real podcast, kind of like a magazine format with mm-hmm. um, pieces. Rotating hosts. Yeah. Uh, there's a good. team in place that, I got to say, they're, they're go-getters. They're a bunch of Grotto members that... Yep. Uh, well, frankly, they're more professional than me, and I think you'll appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Who could be more professional oh, than you? pretty much everyone. I have some things to say about that. <laughs> so they're going to take over. There's going to be a little bit of a, of a dark period, a, a quiet period. I don't think it's going completely dark. Maybe oh, really? Uh, I don't know. I know they've already recorded episodes, and I that know. blows my mind, because I feel like they did it behind our back almost. Really? You know? I don't feel like that. I well, just feel like they're getting their shit done. And we're trouble seating uh, <laughs> control, but that's all right. <laughs> because once I do, I think everyone will be the better for it. Larry. So... What are you doing? I take off my sweater. Holy cow. What's going on here in the Grotto Pod? It's so hot. Hey, new Grotto Pod team. Uh, some layers. Yeah, exactly. I made that mistake today, but it's pouring down rain, and I... Uh, Can you see what day it is? It's, um, it's oh, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, That's right. Day, Happy Larry. Valentine's Day. Uh, meanwhile, my wife is celebrating by flying from Munich to San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. I hope she gets in because 80 flights were canceled already this morning. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> I do not want that to happen. Uh, I'm celebrating by dressing like my hero, Willie Vlauden. Oh, he's my hero, too. Pretty much. He's not going to be a story for it, though. Nope, he's going to be in Mississippi. But, but you know who's going to be there? Who? Jonathan Evison. And us. Yeah. And Tommy Orange, who we're hoping to get oh, yes. on one of these little... Uh, you know, when we do those two shows, it's going to be such a breath of fresh air for you listeners who have gotten used to a more 
rigid and professionally run grotto pod to hear us jokesters, these <laughs> Talk clowns, about nothing. talking about uh, raccoons and toothpaste again. Talking about everything, talking about nothing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking at me. So. What else can we throw? What other What other? Uh, uh, that's it. I'm out. Freewheeling, Bob Dylan. That was, that was me on the way here. Me. Minus Susie Rotola. Is it yeah. Susie or Suze? Don't know. I don't know, but I've read stuff she's written. Really? It wasn't her only claim to fame. She was something else. She was... Was she like a poet? No, she was a model. Oh, that's a bomb. I'm yeah. to hear that. I think she was a model. I could be wrong. Cute, for sure. Definitely. I used to walk around the East Village with the man who is now my husband. Right, Roy. Roy, and say, we look like the cover of Free Will and Bob Dylan. Because I thought we did. <laughs> uh, he was I born on Bob Dylan's birthday. Roy was? Yeah. But not the actual day. That would make him 77 years He's old. He's not. He's pretty old, though, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But well, not that old. Um, you know, this is probably why... We're losing the grotto changing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not losing the grotto pod. No, no. We I are shouldn't stepping say away. that. We are it's stepping like away from the grotto pod. And I actually have stepped away from the grotto itself. I am... Actually, a three-dimensional hologram of myself, <laughs> like Tupac. Uh, I'm a hologram Rosen. Brought to the grotto on this very day. They had to let me in. They had to invite me in because now I'm also well, a vampire. Harry sent me a text and said, I'm here. I'm like, that's great. Whatever. She and thought I had I, snuck in. I can't sneak no, I in anymore. I just assumed you were here. I so am I no went, longer. Then I went looking for him. I couldn't find him. He was waiting outside the door. I was. It was really sad. <laughs> I soaked all wet. All Bob like Dylan like out there. Yeah, I just... <laughs> um, okay. That's oh, all. I'm going to miss these little... I know. Um, these little uh, self-indulgent <laughs> rambling. <laughs> but it's so amusing to me. Anywho. Hey, but yeah. you know what? What? Okay, so we're going to hand off the grotto pod. That's why yes. it's essential that today is all about that Larry Rosen. Who's that? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I he's hear. not a different Larry Rosen, which is funny because uh, what you may not know, Grotto Land, is that... There are many of us. Larry is... This Larry Rosen, who is that Larry Rosen? Right, right. confusing. Um, is the master of Google. I am not. So, uh, I had to Google myself to get you prepared for this. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but if you need to find any like very obscure 18th century French artists, I am your person. Um, huh. At any rate, uh, the, one of the first people I found was a guy writing about his bar mitzvah, and I was like, oh, it must be Larry. It was a different Larry Rosen. Yeah, that one about- is like 90 years old. <laughs> he wrote about his bar mitzvah in the 30s. He can't still be alive. I don't know, but that was wild that that came up. What's there funny are is so, so many Larry Rosen. Let me ask you this. Of all the Larry Rosens you found, what percentage of them are lawyers? Oh, at least 50. See, and this is the problem. That's what, as I told you last night, yeah. my... Full name, my mother told me, is Lawrence Eric Rosen, attorney at law. And imagine her disappointment when that turned out not to be true. So so this is just a pleasing symmetry for closing the grotto pod because we opened my book. I interviewed you, yeah. And boy, can I just interrupt here before? Can I just deflect here? Um, (laughs) What, you're going to interrupt? Yes. I would never do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) But you would lie. Um, I just want to point out before you focus on my travails that we were talking about <laughs> the spirit. before we came on, Mike, just the, the distance that your career has traveled oh, in between starting this little grotto pod deal mm-hmm. and finishing this little grotto pod deal. Because to be honest, one of the reasons we're stepping out is because you don't have time anymore. I don't. You got too much stuff going on and people are paying you money. Thank God. To be Bridget Quinn author. You guys, it only took 25 years for me to finally get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make the now the thing I gotta I gotta make the most of it. I mean, if someone knew a way to make money from this podcasting, I would keep in it. Mm -hmm. But I gotta I gotta go where the 
where the Benjamins are. As, right. As, Thank as, you, uh, Representative as, Omar. As they say, yeah. Um, so, yes, it has. Uh, I was thinking, my book hadn't come out yet right. when we started recording. Right. And I thought, this is going to be perfect because I finished the book and I'm just going to do the podcast Boom. and the book's out. And instead, nope. it was like crazy. And the town. crazy thing to me was, I remember, so when we got into, I would say it was probably about six months ago that your time just disappeared. Well, yeah, that's because I was finishing another book. Right. And you said, well, okay, my deadline's November. As soon as that's done. Yeah. And then it was my deadline's January. As soon as that's done. And then yeah. it seemed like every other woman in my life, <laughs> you I went are to Switzerland. otherwise unavailable. It's true. Uh, I wish I was sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not saying sorry, not sorry. We can't reduce yeah. our lives to cute no. little Twitter sayings. No. Although it is very tempting. Seems to be a way to get elected to office, but well, that's for my other podcast. Yes, I do still have another podcast, by the way. It's called "Is It Good for the Jews?" And uh, I listen, and I am not Jewish. Newsflash: What? I did twenty three and Me. Not even a tiny not bit. Not even Jewish. a tiny bit. Nope. Huh? Son of a gun. I know. I'm almost all Irish. It's crazy. <sighs> well, a little bit of Scandinavian because of all the raping. Oh, jeez! Come on, man. History, man. I don't even want to do one of those 23 and Me's because I know it's going to say <laughs> Jewish. Hey. Well, you never know. Uh, I've had several conversations with people where they tell me how 23 and Me is not right, and here's why. And I'm like, uh, I am, are you serious? I, <laughs> it's I don't. There's something about it that per, I thought I would get it for my lovely wife, Sandra Bullock. Uh, uh-huh. And I was kind of feeling around, like, what do you think of this 23 and Me? And she's like, oh, I don't like it. And she's in the sciences. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to bonk that out. <laughs> Almost made it. 98 episodes. Take my lead. My wife isn't really Sandra Bullock. Uh, I'm, oh, what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, mean, I know. It seems like it, right? Like, I live this life of Riley. Yeah, it but, does And she's like never it. home, so but you would think How that, do you know she's not Sandra Bullock? You know, maybe she is Sandra Bullock. I think it's She possible. is, and I'm getting she's shortchanged very cute, a little bit. Which I probably shouldn't be saying about someone. Oh, hashtag me too. <laughs> oh, don't do that. That's or maybe dangerous. hashtag her too? Uh, it has nothing know. to do with me too or her too. Okay, she's just cute. She is. So there's that. She's she got a little hair, little cute little haircut too. Uh, this oh. last week, she decided she had reached the point of no return with longer hair. Is That's that a thing? Because uh, it's the opposite. I always had short hair until I got in my late forties, and then I grew it up. Not short, short. Not like short, yeah. like all the all the other girls think it looks awesome. Yeah, it's short like shoulder length. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that's a good. Yeah, one. she has a friend who is more Irish than you, uh-huh. who cut her hair and said, "I had to. My hair was looking witchy." Yeah, it's age. dark hair. Yeah, dark hair. Yeah, it gets a little frayed at the end. But you know what? I think I feel like you're deflecting. And you don't <laughs> want to talk about you, but I want to talk I'm about you because, um, although the other Larry Rosen, not that Larry Rosen, who is our Larry Rosen? Are you with me? Um, is a person who has not only blogged to wild acclaim about his son's bar mitzvah, but he has also been... Actually, I would say Larry has, in many ways, lived the life of the professional writer, like the true professional writer. It's Except true. for the He's making paid a part. No, because uh, Larry was a music critic for the Seattle Weekly and the heyday of the Seattle music scene. Um, a columnist, a real estate columnist for the San Francisco Examiner. He, are you still a parenting columnist for the J? Not anymore. Okay. But recently, because I remember reading it in the last year, maybe. Uh, we did yeah. a different one. We did like a humor column after that. Oh, I liked the humor column. Yeah. Oh, that's Empty Nest? No, Empty Nest was a parenting. That is parenting, yeah. Then we did the, uh, is it good for the Jews column? Oh, got it. Although the parenting column was kind of humorous, I thought. 
And it's tough for me to write something that's not. You're right, and you're a very good humor writer. Agents and publishers, <laughs> now is your time. Um, and he's also the host of two podcasts, Is It Good for the Jews, as I mentioned, which is, like, serialized by the J. It was, yeah. That, what does that mean? I mean, like, like so they, um, you can read it if you don't listen to it kind of thing. It's well, we, the older population. <laughs> I actually did that just as a way to get listeners. That's a good idea. Um, they came to me and said, we want you to do they, they Am I allowed to go into this now? Go I don't want to jump ahead. They uh, decided after a year that the Empty Nest one had run its course. I mm-hmm. disagreed. Oh, totally. And a lot of people really liked that, and people were crying and stuff. Maybe they read it. You know, I they know. really liked it. But they, they decided it had run its course, but they wanted me to do something else. So they said, can you um, – they were already doing a link to the podcast. Right. And they said, can you do, like, five minutes? Can you transcribe five minutes? And, oh, um, that doesn't work. Well, you know what happened was I it's ended like, up. It's like this. You can't I know, but so I ended up sort of building that into the podcast. Oh yeah, I would go. Smart. Okay, here's the part that I'm right. going to end up. Either this, That's this, or this smart. is going to be what I'm going to end up transcribing. And actually, after a while, I just started making it up. <laughs> I yeah. started doing, like, I would have, like, two or three lines that I had transcribed. Like, well, it would be funnier if we did this. How can I make it sound like us? Yeah, because it would be much funnier if you could rewrite it Yeah. than what we're saying right now, for example. Well, if, actually, we would do pretty well I just talking. I highly recommend Is It Good for the Jews? It's very funny. I think it's very amusing. It is a little San Francisco-centric, perhaps, for those. Who are I have heard that feedback before. And I like that. beware, it does have a point of view. Yes, that's true, too. So if you're not down with the Jews, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> if you're not a certain kind of Jew, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think um, to have reached your advanced age and to have really made a life in writing is rare and hard to do. No kidding. And what makes you stick with it, man? I don't know, man. You know, and I think that... I don't. I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but no, you're just speaking for you. Do you feel like I felt like there was this point where I guess because I had always had this kind of like, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do? I'm, I guess right. I'm going to do this writing thing because I'm clearly not going to pitch for the Mets. Right. Um, that I for a while I just figured I'll do this, you know, until it runs out. And then I'll, you know, do whatever it is people do. You know, I'll get it. I'll become a lawyer. I'll. I'll oh. Yeah, well, that was always so kind of in the back of my people, mind. Well, yeah, and your mom didn't discourage mom that thinking, I'm And sure. there have been times, I mean, the bad jobs I've had where I've thought, if I knew all jobs were going to suck, I would just would have gone to law school. All jobs suck. They kind of do. Oh, I, that was the most disillusioning part of adulthood for me. Like, I yes. hate jobs. That's why I'm a writer. That is actually why. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I love what I do. I haven't found a job that I liked. So I, I've done a lot of weird, like, writerly, non-job jobs. Like, I loved coaching high school baseball. Oh, right. That was my That's favorite job. super cool. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, and That's I liked it. Cool. Um, I guess teaching was okay, but I didn't, that wasn't yeah. the right frame of mind. But, yeah, I mean, it just sort of happened. And then after, but after a while, I was pretty proud that I managed to do it. I mean, but it's let's be honest, deal. there's no way this happens if I marry another writer. Right. That, just, is, that is the key. You know, in his book on becoming a novelist, John Gardner, that's one of his advice for writers. Don't marry a writer. I would give the same advice. That you have to marry someone who's going to have a regular paycheck. Marry a civilian. Right. Yeah. I had a friend, a mutual friend. Yes. Who once said when we were in our early 20s 
that her goal was to be the artist half of a yuppie artist relationship. Oh, I like that. So wise at that age. I think she finally did it, too. Oh, but, that's um, nice. Wait, is this is someone I know? You know her parents. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm stunned that it's this person. Um, it's probably not the person you're thinking of. Oh, it's okay. your sister. But, oh, oh um, got it. Okay, that makes more sense. But I do think... I that love that we're having this conversation I right do, now. Well, me. I wanted to have this conversation the whole time. That, yeah, yeah. That, not about them, but not this yet. idea <laughs> that, that there's a choice you can make as a creative. Yeah. And... That's actually the wrong way to put it. I didn't make a choice not to marry a writer. Right. It just turned out that way. There's that famous New Yorker cartoon from like the 1930s of two showgirls, and one of them, and they're like you know wearing their like little tassels and mm-hmm. head things, and one says to the other, "I believe in marrying for love, and that's why I'm going to fall in love with the first millionaire I meet." I'm not saying it's like that. No, my mother used to say you could fall in love with a rich girl just as easily. <laughs> exactly, but. Um, uh, no, it just worked out someone, that way. Exactly. You couldn't possibly have made these choices if you didn't have someone right. who had and, a regular and, job. And, you know, and maybe Same. there's something to that. Maybe you and I are people who weren't destined to marry other creatives. Maybe just we right. didn't want to hang out with other creatives that much right. in that way. Well, you know, Roy was actually an art historian, and I was an art historian. That's how it all oh, started. Oh, right, yeah. And the interesting thing is that um, that is why he respects what I do. I think it would have been oh, a hard sell. because he had a background sell. in it. Right, he understands what art is, what art making is, what it takes, yeah, what a crapshoot it is. And that's so. kind of a good point, too, because there are points in the last 28 years where, you know, whatever I'm off doing, my wife has had to take it on faith. Right. Because she's like, whatever, where's your performance review? I don't, when does that happen? When are you going to raise? Like, never. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you're getting paid less than you were getting I paid 10 say, years ago? Do you ever have to say to her, like, oh, I'm flying to this place and I'm doing this thing? And then they say, how much are you getting paid? And you're like, $500. Sorry, it's going to cost us. <laughs> I know, um, or that. No, and I remember when I first started, so we, so I was going to be a fiction writer. Yep. And I went. You still are a fiction writer. And that's come kind of all the way around. Yep. And I went to grad school and I was writing my short stories, you know, and I was cool. wearing my leather jacket and all that's this stuff. Does, yeah. Motorcycle? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. And then um, I was also really into music. Same. And always I played music and I wanted to be in a band. Like, that's what I wanted to do my senior year of college. I wanted to be in a band, but my friends weren't creatives. They were just playing yes. for kicks. Yeah. So, um,. After grad school, we moved to Seattle, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get into the music writing business. Yep, you know, I'm going to write nonfiction. Too. And it actually, I think I was making more money then. Everyone was. There was more yeah. money. And there were all these dumb magazines that oh don't exist gosh, anymore, and they were paying a buck a word, and it's like, cool, go I review this show. I made a dollar a word when I first started writing. I thought that's how it went. The early 90s. Yeah, this, right. was, this was the early 90s, right. yeah. I think people make less than that now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even like, so you mentioned I write for, about lawyers. I've done that. Yeah. For a pretty long time, and it's kind of, it's. I don't want to say it's cheesy. Those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah, plus you are very witty there, too, in my opinion. That's hard. I can imagine. <laughs> but actually, that was a pretty good deal, because these guys had a magazine in Seattle that I ended up editing for them, and they just basically said, our, 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 our mission statement is lawyers are people. I'm like, cool. Like, lawyers like books, and they like all this other stuff, and That's they're funny. That's how they come across. Your profiles do. Yeah, yeah. But they were paying a dollar a word at first, right. and then now they pay like 25 cents a word. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But I think it's important uh, for those listeners who are up-and-coming writers that this is how people make a living, right? Well, I think how you make a living has changed. I mean, and I think well, you've learned that in the last two years, too. Yeah. You told me, like, how you make a living, you do appearances. Right. I make more from talks than I do from the book. Yeah. 
And you know, what's funny is we were talking the other night, well, I was mostly listening, but I was talking with my wife about what I should do next. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, if there's one good thing you learn from the grotto, it's that writers don't make any money. It's true. (laughs) Isn't that sad? sad. There's some really accomplished people here. And I can think of a handful that make what I would consider a good living writing. I don't, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Okay, who are they? Like, tell me later. Yeah. I don't know who you're pointing to. Oh, I can't, I'll tell you off mic. Yes, but, but because the thing is, we know people who've written you know, fantastic books. We know people who've written New York Times bestsellers. But the thing is, it takes years to write it. So you have to amortize right. that over so many years. Well, shoot, go all the way back to our first episode when we had Shanti oh Sacred on. Man, lucky boy, that book has just been It has, huge. but I remember talking to her beforehand, and she told me what her advance had been. I'm like, whoa, holy know, cow. Nice. She's like spread that out over four years. And I went, ooh. No, six. Six, yeah. yeah. It was definitely below. It was less than you'd make working full-time at a fast food place. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And it takes so much work. And also she had to travel, she had to do research. I mean, so, okay, I guess, though, my take on it is, and I know people think this is ridiculous because I write nonfiction, but I look at myself as an artist, right? This is what artists do. I, yeah. And it's not I'm saying poverty is part of art. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I'm doing this regardless. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do. And I just have to hustle enough to make some money. Sure. So when you say that I have managed to be a working writer for yep. however many years, 25. 20, 27 now. 27. I think big deal. partly, yes, I have consciously said that to myself. Like, wow, I'm actually, I've actually continued doing this. Right. But also part of me thinks, you know, it's luck. And, it's not. But what does it even mean to be a working writer if you're not making enough to support anyone? But no one is. Right. Almost but that's what no I mean. <laughs> but that's, that's what I mean. Like, so, Almost not. So for you young writers, I mean, the good news is it's easy to get published if you want to do that. Right. Because if you there's want to so, write for many, free, sure. so many outlets out there. Yes. And the, and the thrill, I remember, do you remember oh. the first time you saw yourself yes. published? Oh, my gosh. Such a big deal. I was 26. I was 25, and it was here, and it was just a zine. And, but still. Oh, I guess I probably was in a few zines before that. But this is the, I was in grad school, and it was the first time I'd ever seen my name. The most amazing feeling. I remember. It is the most amazing feeling. We had some people over, and it was these buddies of mine, and all four of them came up with, like, reading it. Oh. Just to screw with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just, But that's so cool. And and getting feedback. I remember in New York when I was in my 20s hearing someone, I don't even remember who it was now, um, you know, pretty well-known writer at the 92nd Street Y saying, you know, young writers, they have this idea, when I, if I just get something published, my life will change. If right. I just get, if I just get my book published, my life will change. It's just like, you know, it doesn't change. Your life just goes on and it's nothing it really happens. I disagree. I, I do too. I disagree. I think my life did change. Yeah. You know, even if it was to the point where, I don't know for how many years, 20 years, I would say, people would say, what do you do? I'd say, I'm a writer. And they'd say, are you published? And I could go, yes. See, I don't know how to answer that now. What? Are you Because, no, let me explain. <laughs> so I remember when, when I was writing about music, this is before there was the internet, I basically. Know, so we kept clip books. Yep. You get your clip, oh, you cut it out, you put it in your book. I know. Well, my clip book was like this thick. Right. I was cranking stuff out. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure I have been published in some sort of publication I don't Continuously know. For, like well yeah. over, it's got to be in the thousands, right? Yeah. But if I'm sitting here now, like, what do you do now? Like, well, I'm working on a novel. I've never published a short story. I've never published a novel. Right. I've never, I don't have a book. So I don't know. If someone says, are you published? I can say, well, sure. It's stuff I used to do. Well, but, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting time though, because 
I've met so many people in the last couple of years who say, oh, I've also published a book. And I'll say, oh, really? What is it? And then it will be something that they've self-published, which Right, which I not, guess I could do tomorrow if right, I wanted. Say, that's my only point. Like, no judgment. Some great things come out of self-publishing. Um, but you could do that tomorrow. You sure. have You have written a novel. You have written short stories. Yeah. More than worthy. I've got a memoir that I know isn't a book, but I could make it a book tomorrow. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Book. So it's all very confusing now. I remember in the years when the internet first started where editors would be like, you can't. I, you have. I would. You would have to print out the thing on the, from the internet and yeah. put it in your book, so for them to take it seriously. I love my book, man. I thought it was I know, awesome. It's so cool. Just leaf through it, no, and now that. since it was all in the '90s, like I, I was trying to find stuff for you last night, and I can't find anything. It's all gone. It's weird how the internet, though, it's, I mean, it's the best of both worlds, right? Like, my first, I published, I think, three short stories in the 90s. And, of course, no one read them because you couldn't share them with your friends except to get a hard copy. You know, it was it was a very big deal, and it was so cool to hold on to it, but uh-huh. almost no one read copies. them. And they pay you in copies, yeah. And almost no one read them. But Actually, now you can, like, share it. And it can. You know what? I take it back. I published a parody when I was an undergraduate. In the Santa Clara. Oh, that's cool. Literary magazine. I, I, I don't want to tell you this because I'm afraid that you're going to get upset, but um, I published a poem <laughs> at NYU about venereal disease. Oh, my gosh. I'm out of here. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It ends right now. Well, Ace Village, man. It's in your face. Uh, mine was a parody of On the Road in which oh, all the main it. characters were babies. <laughs> toddlers. Sorry, toddlers. It was called, I love it. It was called Life in the Daycare. So when Bridget... Uh, Jones's Diary came out. Remember how huge that was? Vaguely. You don't? I'm... It was a very big deal. Yeah. Bridget Jones's Diary. Was the book like or this, the movie? The book. Okay. Uh, before the movie. And I wrote what I thought was a hilarious parody called Bridget Quinn's Diary. Ah, um, I like it. Nobody bought it. <laughs> nobody bought it. And now I can't find it. I like don't know where it is. I'm like, damn, I wish I'd kept that somewhere. Even though, so keep everything. Yeah. I always tell my students this. Nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Nothing is wasted, I should say. Unless yeah. you lose it. Yeah. Nothing is wasted unless you lose it, and I've lost it, which bums me out. But I'm thinking of doing it. I'm, I was inspired by Irving when he was here. I thought you were going to say John Irving. No. Irving Ron. 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 Who we don't know how to pronounce his last name. Even Sorry, after, Irving, I'm sure we, we pronounce it, yeah. Um, but I love Irving's pieces, and I was like, I'm going to do Bridget Quinn's diary again, but this time as a menopausal woman. <laughs> <laughs> See, I made you laugh. Yeah, I, I you think I'm going to work on that in my free time. You know, when I did that parody... I remember it was for a class assignment, and I wrote it, like, at 4 o'clock in the morning. And then, like, it was... You know how I always ask writers about that moment? That's what I want to ask you next. Yeah. We need to circle back. That was the second moment. I'll tell you about the first later. But this was, like... It was for this teacher who was really frightening and was known for, like, tearing people's stuff up. And he had torn all my stuff up. You know, it was like a magazine writing class. He had torn everything up to that point. And I remember I turned it in, and I was, like, worried. I'm like, God, I don't know. This almost feels like plagiarism because I'm just taking these situations from this book and changing the characters to babies. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I hope you still have it somewhere. I want to read it. I, yeah, I do. Actually, I have the truncated version that they put in. the. They did, like, a 30th anniversary of the magazine. Oh, my God. I know. And um, he pulls it out, and he start, he's like, I want to talk about this one paper that someone wrote. And I was like, oh, no. Like what's is he gonna accuse me of plagiarism? Is oh, he gonna yeah, is he yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. this sucks? It looks like someone wrote it at four o'clock in the morning and he starts <laughs> reading and he says I forget it was someone like Updike. He's like Updike wrote a wrote a satire of On the Road. 
but I think our Saturus is a little better. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he gave me it. It was only A I ever got in that class. That is awesome. Yeah, and then he had it put in the literary magazine. And then, then I disappointed him, and that was that. I could have been that guy's protege, but I was too much of a flake. Oh, yeah, this is this is youth. Yeah. Um, I wish now, this is the other thing, right? So then you publish, so now you can't really write it again and publish it somewhere else. No, that's done. But it did kind of tell me, and I don't, I'm not one to blow my own horn at anything. Uh, too much not so. But that stuff is pretty easy for me. You are very, you are a very funny writer. Yeah. And you should do more of it. It's really easy for me, and, and, and I have a pretty high, um, bar for other people writing it yeah so i do see a lot of stuff that's well widely read that i don't think is very good yep i can agree with that too you know although some of it is so smart i wish now that um i had a piece called porno for parents (laughs) in brainchild and you know back then that was a great publication i mean it still is i'm just saying but there was no internet really yet and um and now I really wish I could submit a revised or a, a rethought version to McSweeney's mm-hmm. because they have those like funny things. I've never submitted to them, uh, but I love those posts, those funny posts. Yeah, and shouts and murmurs. I don't know if it'd be possible, but but that's something to know. Like if you publish something once, no matter where it is, you can't do it again. No, but and, why would you want to? I mean, because uh, I'd like to have something in McSweeney's in the New Yorker. And it yeah, was so that's long ago, true. And it wasn't on the internet, and I'd like people, and it's funny. Now we both received handwritten rejections from the New Yorker, didn't we? Correct. I submitted something to Shouts and Murmurs called Punctuism and Postwordism. <laughs> it was a breakdown of of uh, it was a, a literary school of thought where you only used punctuation. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. McSweeney's man. Oh, I lost that. That was like 1990. Don't I think. lose things. Well, back then it was easier I, to I lose know, things. I lost things too. I'm so bummed. How I many, wish I had Bridget Quinn's diary. Let me tell you something. We just did a basement remodel, and when that happens, like all that stuff gets tossed. But I am not allowed to keep that stuff. It takes oh, up too much room. Now I hide stuff. An entire box of sporting news is from 1976. That stays. Yeah, you have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I um have been secretly <laughs> since Roy does not listen. Uh-huh. I have been secretly listening, Roy. Secreting. Secreting? Gross. That's twice you've grossed me out now. <laughs> that seems like the wrong word. Secretly hiding? Yeah, That's okay. secreting? Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 is it secreting? Because secreting is like a <laughs> fluid is coming forth from you. <laughs> secreting is oozy. But yeah. um, you know how, like... Some women will, like, I don't know, buy shoes and keep them in the trunk of their car. Stashing. Yeah. Yeah. So Caching. When we moved, I found so many boxes of books that I know he doesn't know exist, and I've been, like, hiding them in different places. Oh. <laughs> so he doesn't know. Well, I, I told you. psycho. It is psycho. I told you I was going through my books. I started unpacking. Oh. They've been gone for 11 months. And let me give you a like, question for you, Grotto Pod listeners. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I even told my wife, the lovely Sandra Bullock, I said, all right, I'm. This is ridiculous. I'm. I'm throwing out. Yeah. I'm going to throw out a lot of these books. They're insignificant, and they're, frankly, they're a little embarrassing. I mean, do I really have to have the Fonzie handbook here? Why can't I throw this out? Because, because in one week you'll need because it. Because my friend Jeno gave it to me, and so plus you'll have a great idea for a story, and you'll be like, "Damn!" She says, "All right, just put them all on the shelves, and then we'll go through, and we'll start taking out the oh, ones you want to toss." So I put them all on the shelf. Well, no, she's not a saint because she built. We have all these new shelves, and she's. I said, "Great! Now all the books." She's like, no, there's going to be some books on here, but there's uh, also like going to be, yeah, objects. I'm like, dude, you live with a writer. you got to have the bookshelves overflowing with books, right? 
Well, Roy also disagrees. Now we run into the, well, sure, you're a writer, but come on. It has nothing to do with that. I think it has a little to do with that. No. Now you think even if I was like Updike, she'd be like, John, No, I'm disagreeing with her. Oh, I disagree with her too. I just want that room with all the books, you know, of that, course, that book line study. Writer. But I got them all out there and I started going through to try to throw stuff out and I couldn't do it. And I'm ca- talking about like Shakespeare books from college. Uh, you actually texted me, does anyone need uh, their college waiting, waiting for, for Godot? Godot? And I was like, well, I have mine. I and I knew my, that because I had just found it. I asked my friend, well, I posted on my friend Steve Kale's uh, Facebook, who's also are, friends are with Gordon Jack. using his whole name? I, if he's listening, I hope he hears that I'm saying his name. Okay. Um, and he said... Something about that that was just uh, such an existential crisis that I couldn't throw <laughs> oh, that it out. Was, it was really funny. I saw that coming in a yeah. way. I forgot. It's like, yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, Larry, let's just back way, way, okay. way, way the F up. Because we're already in your house um, with new shelves. Let's go back and say, how did you become this writer? Because your mom wanted you to be Larry Rosen Esquire. Um, right. Uh, how did it happen? So, you first of all, I happen to know that you were born on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. That's crazy. I'm PA proud. Really? Yes, I am. I like that. I know. I'm the same it. way, man. I, I feel like that's that's part of who you are. Thank you, son, for going to school in Pennsylvania, so I got to visit it for four oh, years. Oh, that's so nice. I had never made that connection. Yeah, he goes to school an before. hour from where I grew up. That's crazy. We've gotten to go back twice. That's super awesome. I know. So how old were you when you moved to California? I was 11. Oh, that's a hard age. That yeah, sucked. Yeah. I moved at 14, which is a little tiny bit easier. But in some ways harder, depending on where you go, because my sister was 14, and that was just going... Plus, well, same thing. I mean, small town... I had super Total culture shock shock to Orange Orange County County in the 70s. Which, well, I was the 80s, but just the start of the 80s. And at that age, at least I was still a little kid. Right. It was hard. It was crazy. Also, I had the notion somehow that I was moving from a farm to San Francisco. Like, it was going to be like, <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we thought we were moving to a Frankie Avalon movie. <laughs> right. And I was going to be like super cool counterculture oh, yeah. people. And it was like Orange County and Reagan. We wanted to move to Long oh, Beach because it had the word beach in it. Yeah. Like, we're going to live on the beach. This is going to be so great. Yeah. We got here on March 21st, 1976, and we went swimming in the Holiday Inn Pool in Fullerton because, like, it's March oh, and we no. can swim. Check us out. I know, totally. I feel like I've forgotten over the years what East Coast people think of California. Like yeah. when I was back, I went to grad school in Boston for a while, and I remember okay. talking to some of the people because I was like, "No man, this is real. I want to be in Boston." And those people were like, "Oh man, could you imagine being in LA right now at seventy-five degrees?" You forget. So I went to UC Santa Barbara, as you know, and just couldn't wait to get out of there. I was like, "I hate California. I got to mm-hmm. get out of this." shallow right yeah <laughs> anti-intellectual crap town i'm gonna go to new york city and then i got to new york and i was like it is freezing <laughs> now of course as you probably know i've rethought that whole this yeah. is shallow nothing happens here line of thought yeah now you like that <laughs> um i don't know i don't think it exists <laughs> no, I, don't I, agree. Be- I don't believe in it look susan sontag and joan didion are from california right John, John Deaton's from Sacramento. I know. It's not like that. I just don't believe in it anymore. And I, Of course, it doesn't exist. If I had a life's work, it would be to get those stories. The most provincial people I've ever met in my life. Are New Yorkers. Were the people I met in New York. Correct. So anyway, so now you're in Orange County, a little bit of a rough sell. You're yeah. You're from Pennsylvania. But, um, I don't, you know, so I was thinking, so the first time I got the good feedback on a story, we weren't in Pennsylvania, we weren't in California, because I remember being at a party my parents were having a party, and I had found this story I had written, and it was called Lemons and Red Raspberries Yell. That sounds familiar. The assignment must have been 
Write a story using all the letters of your first name. Oh, but that, that, there's, is there a story by Ray Bradbury that sounds <laughs> I don't know. so familiar? But I showed it to my parents' friends, and they're like, oh, my God, this is really good. And I just remember that these, these fruit, they had rebelled at the store, and they were throwing themselves at people, and they were going crazy. At the end, their ringleader got sent. He got caught, and he got sent to a prison for deranged fruit. <laughs> and everyone just thought it was so great. And I thought, hmm. It sounds great. But that's not what I was good at. I was a math prodigy. I know. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. But I got too far ahead, and they put me in the corner when we moved to California. So that was that. Message learned, right? Yeah, don't be smart. Don't be okay, math but prodigy. See, that's, like, that's like a California thing. Mm. This is also a little bit of, oh, shit, I did it again. Twice. Jeez, you're giving me a lot of work to do on this episode. Sorry. It's all right. It's the last one. Um yeah, that is, that was. I don't think it's a message now that people get, but it was a message back then. Yeah, I, I definitely got. When I moved to California, people made fun of my accent, which I did not have one. Now that's mm. why I sound like a crazy valley girl because I adapted, <laughs> and that kind of sucks. But also my vocabulary that was like a big yes. hilarity. Don't thing. start sentences with the word actually. Yeah, or anything with more than one syllable. Yeah, really. Brado, Einstein. <laughs> Don't have a Jufro. Yeah, I didn't have that problem. Don't I wear glasses. Have hair. But yeah, I, and it was. I remember my shock when we were seniors, and I had successfully driven my GPA down to like a three three, and they were like, "I got straight A's." I'm like, "What? Wait, you tricked me." <laughs> three three. Yeah, I drove it down. That's... I did a lot of work. It wasn't easy. Wow. I my son recently told me that he's having a hard time motivating motivating in college, and I was like, he was like such a maniac in high school. And I'm like, man, in high school, I could not even. It made no sense to me why I would do anything when I could do nothing and get a B. Like, uh, why would I do? Yeah, I Except agree. Except math, which I couldn't pass. I thought just give them what they want. And yeah, they'll leave me alone. Yeah. And they did. It was great. Yeah. Okay, so you wrote the fruit story. That sounds excellent. I wrote the fruit story, but I got to tell you. Um, now you got me going. I can't stop. Um, Great. When I was in high school, so I had learned my lesson at that point, and I was going to be what they wanted. Yeah. So I created this persona where I was like a student government guy, and I played sports, and I still was like a freak. But yeah. but I was keeping – but looking back, at if someone says, what was your favorite class in high school? I would say art. It was art class. I love that teacher. You know, I love yeah. being there. And all the weirdo kids in there were like, how come – you know, why are you so comfortable here? But, um, so I didn't do, oh, actually, no, I did. I took creative writing, my senior year, same teacher. I don't think we had creative writing. Maybe we, we had, really yeah. And I just remember it was really easy mm-hmm. and it was a way to get attention. You know, it was like when you're a little kid and you can I draw. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. A way to get attention. Yeah. It's like what you're good at. Oh, yeah. wow. You wrote, this is incredible. Like, yeah. boom. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I actually read something in high school too that got a lot of attention. And I remember thinking like, whoa. Yeah. Crazy. I thought only smart people could do that writing thing. Yeah, or just like, yeah, or just that doesn't seem to be in your quiver. Right, right. But so then you go to college on a, like you had like a baseball scholarship No, I did a baseball oh. scholarship. I went, oh, well, no, I couldn't, des- I couldn't decide what to do, so I played baseball, so I played baseball. <laughs> at a junior college. Saddleback, we went there. Yeah, at Saddleback, just for the winter, and I hated it. Saddleback, oh. What a fool. Why? Why did we hate Saddleback so much? What was wrong with Saddleback? Uh, well, I Easy. hated it because it was full of idiots at the time, in my opinion. Although, Tamara Apperton, she went there too, remember? And yeah. Like, she's awesome. I wish we'd all known each other. Idiots, man. I mean, we, maybe we were the idiots. I think so. Well, I also worked at the mall. I mean, I was very unhappy. 
I was super unhappy. I felt like everyone had left me behind. Same. I work at the mall. I, oh my god. People I who the didn't. Mall. I was like, how can this be I my life? I was working somewhere like that, maybe oh, like a pizza place or something. But people who so didn't annoying. realize the hard work I had done driving my GPA down were shocked to see me there. But I got into UC same, Irvine. Same. I got into Irvine. I just I didn't, didn't want to go. There. I, I kind of had a little. There was some weird stuff going on, and I went to the. Um, it was a bad summer, and then we went to um, orientation. I remember it was, like, overnight with me and my dad, and I was like, ugh, I don't like this. And this is the day before um, registration. I went to my parents' bed, and their bed. I remember just going, sitting at the foot of their bed, and I'm not going to Irvine. It was weird because, like, you know, how many big decisions do you make in your life? Yeah. That was a pretty big one. Like, I'm not it's going to UC really Irvine. Big. And it's so ironic because Irvine has such a good writing program. Now it does. Right. Maybe this was a long time ago. It was a commuter school. Oh, I remember. I mean, yeah. Irvine had no glamour at all. It was not. It was like a step above, basically Saddleback. Yeah. Yeah. But so I went to Saddleback. My best friend went to Saddleback, and we were idiots. I mean, why didn't we just? I should have just stayed. I was doing fine, and I had friends, and I, you know, I had baseball player friends, and I had no friends. I literally had no one. I was completely alone. See, at least you had a reason to dislike it. I was just so offended that I was there. I was mortified that I was there, and looking back, <laughs> That's a I better was word, super, mortified. super lonely. And then I did something even stupider. I got into Santa Clara, yeah. and I quit baseball that day. Oh, yeah. And I went to the coach. I said, I'm quitting. And he said, do you want me to call the coach up there and tell him you're coming? I said, nope. <gasps> Idiot. Oh. So I got to Santa Clara, tried out, blew my arm out the first day, done. That's not, we're not talking about writing. No, I'm sad. It's okay. We're talking about life. It's yeah. all material, my friend. Okay. So, okay, yeah. so then you end up at Santa Clara. Then I was at Santa Clara. Very fun. It was fun. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it was beautiful. Uh, really bad grades. Really? Yeah, I didn't, did not apply myself. I'm surprised you heard this. Don't be. Yeah. What did you study? English. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Um, so when does the writing bug hit you? It never went away. It was always That's there. I was cool. always writing. I was always known as a writer. That's you know? cool. Yeah, That's but cool. a writer and kind of a slacker. So did you? Well, that was. That but was I'll tell you what, the rock and roll bug hit me worse than the writing bug in college. That's all I wanted to do was yep. play music. And I was very into that. I just wasn't good. Really, I not a good guitar player. I I'm afraid to sing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's go. too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. In my world, we just did it anyway. Yeah, well, see, it's because you were in a punk rock world. I, know. I was in more of a. Real music? Not, wouldn't call it real, but uh, more of a, like a. Lyrical, yeah, REME type of world. <laughs> we used to we used to play in the same places as Toad the Wet Sprocket. And nice. Like, so they were like, the Santa Barbara band. I know. I was like, ew, who would ever? Those guys are the lamest. And then they had like a big deal, and then they were locked on that I know. tour. There was a huge San Jose music I scene it. when I was in college, and. It was great, man. You'd go see these bands all the time, yeah. and think these are all gonna, they're all going to make it huge. And you know who the only person to make it huge who was? Mark McGrath. That name is familiar. Was it Smash Mouth? Oh. Or no? Um, Smash Mouth is the fat guy. He was Ever also clear? part. No. Shoot. Well, you know, he was on Entertainment Weekly later. I know. You I, know the, say, I know who he is. It wasn't Smash Mouth. It was, oh, shoot, I can't remember, but. He was the one who came out of that. Yeah, you never know. And those guys, I'm kind of fascinated with those music guys who continue, who Me persevere. Too. Me too. And I feel like they're sort of in the same boat. I mean, it's so similar to writing. Like, we were, you and I were texting about Mike Watt today. Yes. And thinking of someone like that who has an amazing body of work. Right. Who has influence. I mean, he has influenced who I am as a human being. And when being. you said he's gone away, I almost texted back, no, he's probably just sitting in a little tiny house in San Pedro, just 
Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, he is, so right? So you get he's to right. see the world. Right. Though I had a discussion with John Roderick once that being a journeyman musician is way better than being a journeyman writer because you get to stand in front of a room of a thousand people who worship you. And have sex with other people if you want to. Yes, that's true. Probably. Unless you're Ryan Adams. <laughs> Don't do that. Then, yeah. Hey, we're being topical. <laughs> um, but it is that same sort of idea like, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I've decided to devote my life to. And all these avenues of ease are now closed to me. Unless right. I'm the point oh 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 one percent of people. Right. And I wanted to write a book once. This is a long time ago. I thought of a book on guys like Peter Case. Do you remember Peter yeah, Case? Of course. So he was, for those of you who've never heard of Peter Case, he was in the Plimsolls when we were kids. And the Plimsolls had a moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were in Valley Girl. Do. They had definitely, a moment. Definitely, definitely. Well, now Peter Case is a solo act and he does this bluesy stuff and he's got to be 60 now and he's still doing it. And I wanted to know the moment, cause this was my thought pattern in my late thirties where he went to his wife and said, all right, I'm just going to keep doing it. Sorry. No, there's no job in my future. This is it. I mean, it's so cool. I just went and saw Patty Smith. Yeah. And okay. Patty Smith, like she's an icon, right? Right. But you know, who's playing with her on the whole tour and is awesome. Lenny K. Lenny Same K. guitarist since the seventies. Right. I don't know what he's been up to. Maybe he's had albums. Who knows? But I'll tell you what dude Lenny was up to. He was amazing. Lenny K has a show on um, Sirius oh, well, there you Garage go. Rock Station. There you go. He's just a music nerd. But that's so cool. It is. But, I mean, these are the creative things you have to do in order to continue right. doing it is, this. It is exactly like the yeah. writer. It's, and I think about that like going to Storyfort. I mean, to me, this is I'm having my midlife crisis redoing my indie band dream, right? <laughs> like, I'm going all over the country, I'm getting on stage, doing yeah. my shtick. But do you feel like, probably not for you, and this might be a good, geez, we're, this is going to be a long one. Okay, well, we can... We can. Um, do you feel like, and I said this will be different for you because you've had success in the last couple of years, but the idea of what you want now, has it changed? Nope. Because I feel like it has, for me, it's definitely... So tell me how it's changed. We need to get through your arc. So right. Let's, let's get you from, okay, so then you graduate from college. This is what I'm saying. There's not much arc. So I graduate from college. Uh, I don't do anything. I, uh-huh. I moved to Seattle. I don't do anything. I go to grad school. No, in Seattle, you wrote about music. Not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I quit grad school once. I come Girl. back. Yes. Okay. Uh, then I finish. Well done. Uh, yeah, nice work. Am I married to her now? No. Um, I finish That's at SF fortunate. State. Yep. Get the old MFA. MFA, MFA. Um, I like it. You I'm good po- at this you stuff. You Bronson? Yes, me and Poe Bronson, who oh, oh, sorry. didn't know me at the time. Still, he still may not. Um, he knows you. Uh, and then I moved to Seattle to be a music writer. Cool. And that was probably my most productive period. Well, that's understandable. Because I was just cranking stuff out. Right. But you know what? I did not know where the user's manual was. I did not know how to break out of, oh, this guy's in every publication in Seattle Mm -hmm. and some in San Francisco, and he is writing so many words every week, Mm -hmm. and he's everywhere, Mm -hmm. to this guy's in Rolling Stone. Right. This guy's in AP. I had the exact same thing. Tell me what the, I don't know what the secret code is. I mean, oh, you just, oh, you just query. Well, I'm querying, you know. Nobody ever bit. Nope. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. I mean, uh, I was just talking to an agent friend Mm. this morning, and she was saying the hardest thing to explain to writers is you have to have luck and you have to have developed, like, this perfect craft. And for someone to, like, do that 
waiting for the luck is such a hard trajectory because that's how it has to be, right? It's just you can't hard. wait for your ship to come in. you got to swim out to it. Right. And, th- and that can take a lot of toiling. Well, and security. I think, too, the, one of the issues I've had, and we were talking about this briefly earlier, how you don't want to be the art historian who breaks down the painting. Right. That's not your strength. No, it's not my interest either. Well, honestly, writing about music isn't my strength either. Mm-hmm. That's why right. you know the best things I've done have been those blogs, to tell you the truth, because right. they're really they're easy really and I'm good. good at it. Yeah. Um, but it's hard when you're trying to write and you're trying to make a living and you're trying right. to be in that world, that journalist right. world. Right. It's hard to say, well, actually, what I do best is kind of funny essays. That's what I should just do. I should just do that. Screw right. this, like, trying to track down this... Person, musician and, yeah. and interview them yeah. and pitch this and pitch that. I should just be doing that and hope the best happens. Right. That's really been the hardest thing for me to do is just say, no, 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 all that other junk. I know, I know it's, people say you should, but here's what I do. I'm good at it. Let's just do it and let the chips fall where they may. You know, and how has your wife been about that? Because I have to say, Roy, many times in my career has said to me, stop doing all this other stuff. Like, yes, that's where you make money, but you don't make that much money. Like, just <laughs> put your attention. The amount of money that we, like, place right. this high regard on to them totally. is like pocket change. Totally. He's like, just write a novel or just do this well, other thing. But, but it's I think not too, that easy, you know? But even if it's just a little money, it's still correct the most obvious validation. Uh, exactly. And, I mean, you got to keep getting published. Like, you've got to keep like, your stuff out there. Yeah. Like, I remember early, early on. So, I have most of my friends are civilians. Mm-hmm. And they live in this different world. I remember early on talking. We were over at these friends' house. And they were talking about a friend of theirs where the wife was something and the husband was, called himself a writer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a job. He just sits around, you know, and just, I don't know what he does. And at the time, uh, I was pretending like I could have jobs. Yeah. So I was like, oh, thank God, that's not me. I know. I've been there. But I also didn't think, like, well, they have no idea. They don't know what this guy's doing. No, no. I just thought, a layabout. I mean, I think I, it's the thing with writing, I can hardly, I'm so upset, um, is it doesn't matter what level of success, uh, I think I might have mentioned that, so um, Natalie Bazile's book, Queen Sugar, was optioned by Oprah mm-hmm. and made into, like, an amazing series that's been, you know, yeah, yeah. widely, and... What's next? And Well, that's hard, but also, I met someone who... His wife, like, went to high school with her, and he said to me, oh, you're at the grotto. Um, oh, yeah, my wife's my wife's old friend wrote, I don't know, some book I think it's kind of like Chick Lit. And, yeah. Um, I mean, he was so condescending and so, like, like uh, it's something about sugar. I was like, Queen Sugar? That's a huge book. But they just have no respect for books. <laughs> One thing about being a writer in your 50s versus oh, in your 20s is goodness. you have a way longer explanation for what <laughs> used to bug you was that you'd meet people at parties and go, I think I have a novel in me. Yeah. Oh, well, now good. they're getting way more specific. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to answer you, yeah, my, my um, expectations have really changed a lot. Yeah. Um, and mostly since, so I did, I did a blog in 2010 that it's was so good. It was, I did an entry every day for the year leading up to my son's bar mitzvah. Every day, people. Every day, it was like oh 1,500 words. That so, like that so year, crazy. I basically wrote five novels. And amazing. And it got a lot of, I think, attention. People really liked it. Yeah, and yeah. I tell you the scariest part the day before the bar mitzvah, we're at the temple and we're sitting there and the rabbi's talking to us. Oh, he read it? And he says, <gasps> I just want you guys to know that I've been reading the blog. And in fact, everyone here has been reading it. And I was like, 
what did I say? I know, that's terrifying. But he loved it. They oh, all loved so it. So good. And I yeah. called him by name, too, which is a lesson I've learned. I wouldn't I know, do that yeah, again. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous, yeah. But, so at the end of that, I was super psyched. I'm like, this is it, man. I know, Someone's totally. going to Julia and Julia me. They're just going to call exactly. me up. Exactly. It's and, the perfect thing. And here we go. And it yep. never happened. And it didn't... Not Believe only, me, I've been there many times yeah, here, too. Not only did it never happen, but it never happened in a very elongated and painful way. Right. You know, I tried to rewrite it into a book a million times, and agents were like, this isn't a book, man. I'm like, all right, well, can't it just be a blog? Like, ever since then, I've really just like, what do you want? I just want to hold something in my hand with my name on it and have it on my shelf. And if it sells five copies, whatever. You know what? I have to say, that was me, too. Yeah. But you've exceeded your wildest dreams, then. Totally. I mean, I really had this moment where I thought, if I don't write a book I'm proud of, I'll die unhappy. Right. So what'll happen? So what do we leave behind if we're not right? If we're not Poe Bronson and we don't have a shelf full of books with our name right. on it, right? What does your kid get to see? You right. know, my what, kid. What did I do? Like, right. What did I do? And like, well, that was a year of blog posts is pretty damn cool. It is, and I and did it enough. Lives, it exists forever. It maybe I did another one when we went on sabbatical. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. That people that, also loved. That Beth said was the best travel blog she'd ever read, and it disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. I what? went to the website and it's gone. It was a. Uh, it was. You like, probably stopped paying the hosting fee. Yeah. I, but wait, so all those words are gone forever? I did a. I have a word file, okay, but no one good. can see them anymore. Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. You, know? but you could like retool it in some way, but yeah, that's that's rough. So okay, so then you uh, are taking me through the career still. Well, I think we need to slow down. We need to close it, maybe. Yeah, we need to. We need to get up to speed. It's and it's a definitely a lowercase c career. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you keep saying that. It is. Um, but everything can change. Yeah, it could. That's, it could. I mean, two years ago, I could. I had hardly published anything in the last seven years. I had published, like, a few things. But I feel like, so here's the hard part. I feel like you were always kind of on the track. Like, you were going to. I can't believe you feel that way. I'm so excited. Well, and it was something that sort of revealed itself to me and, and. Kind of didn't surprise him. It's like, oh, okay, so Bridget's not out of left field. Like, you were going, like, you did have short stories published, and yeah. you were going to Breadloaf, and you oh, were right. doing the stuff. You right. know, you were in that world. Right. Slow, like, um, big pauses in between. Right, but, but I yeah. think there was always a trajectory. Yeah. Whereas Hope mine has been real fits and starts because I haven't been able to say, well, this is what I do. So, like, yeah, so I wrote about music. Great. Right. I, I was an editor of a law magazine. Okay. That's good. Uh, I worked at ESPN. Great. Also good. And then I was at the Examiner for eight years, writing first about sports and then about that's pretty for real estate. Eight it is, but years. there's My God. but there's no through line, right? You know, but the through line is working writer. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's a big deal. But it doesn't add up to anything now, right? Because you have to write something new. So right. what are you going to write now? Well, I'm working on. A YA. Actually, I'm not even called a YA novel anymore. No. It's just a novel about a 13 year old. But okay. it's still the Bar Mitzvah book. It won't it go matter. away. So write the effing thing <laughs> to the end. But I'm thinking about other stuff because I got a talking to um, a couple weeks ago by Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's scary. Yeah. And it was kind of the same as Roy's with you. Like, why are you doing this stuff? Right. You don't want to do it. Do what you want to do. What's the, At this point, what do you got to lose type right. of thing? Right. And so I kicked that around for a while. And I don't know. You know, I'm, I wish I had someone. To, like, sit me down and say, what are you interested in? And then at the end go, okay, here's what you should be writing about. This is the stuff that you're interested in. I know. It's funny because I basically did have that happen to me. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. But 
it took years for it to work. Yeah. Like, first, I had someone sit me down and say, you're not a very good fiction writer. Ouch. But your nonfiction is really good. And you have these stories. You know what? The stories people always want to hear are about your family. Write about those. So I wrote a whole book. And guess what? It didn't sell. <laughs> but it's good. Thank the you. The stuff I've read is good. Thank you so much. But that's the thing. It's like, but it was because I'd spent all those years, like, honing my craft to write those stories that when mm-hmm. I had the chance to write Broad Strokes, I was ready. Like, I was ready to, like, just die yeah. and do it. So I can't be too sad, although sometimes I'm a little sad. Um, but because I worked so many years on that book. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but it's paying off, and we should note to, to other writers, like, it's paying off not in the right. sense of a million-dollar check. Right. But it's paying off in that it gave you a new career, basically. Completely. Yeah. Oh, completely, completely. So it's kind of hard to see where things lead. Like, right. you could then write the Bar Mitzvah book, and you'd be like, oh, it was always leading to this. This and this and this and yeah. this led to this. But you hear all these writers. Like, when we had, um, what was her name who was just in here? Rachel. Rachel yeah. Howard. Yeah. And she was like, I wrote this other thing. And then I decided, you know, no, this is what I really want to write. And she worked on that novel for years. Yeah. Like, year, like eight years. Yeah. And it was long. But it in the end, big. she just tossed it or put it aside. Put it aside. Yep. And said, no, this is the thing. And then she just sat down and pounded it out. Right. And that's what you should do, too. Well, that's kind of like, where is that? Like, you want that. Like, oh, that light goes off. Like, oh, this is what I wanted to write about. Boom, here it comes. You know what? It was like that for me with Broad Strokes. Yeah. I was so like, oh, this has just been waiting. I didn't know. Yeah. Because I thought no one. It's funny. I had kept my entire. Because I have not made a living as a writer. I've made a living as an art historian. Teaching art history, working in museums, working for collectors, whatever. Um, I kept that as my separate, like some people are waiters and writers. I mm-hmm. was an art history slash art history teacher and writer. It was the first time they came together. I thought no one would be interested because I don't have a PhD and people who are, nobody else is interested in art history. That was right. my picture. It is, pre- it is pretty unlikely, huh? It seems very unlikely to me. It's, it's a testament to talent. Good work. Oh, thank you. And also luck. Yeah, and luck. Because if Trump hadn't gotten elected, I don't think anyone would have cared about it. <laughs> See, uh, there is an upside. Book, a, a book about women artists. <laughs> hey, I think we're almost out of we time. We are almost out of time. When am I going to see your novel? Because now I have time to read it. <laughs> I'm on the second draft. What? That's amazing. i got to finish huge. it. Well, okay, then you But then you it. gave me a book that taught me how to write a novel. <laughs> I'm oh, like, sorry about oh, that. that's why I've never got a novel published. I don't I know, know how to write one. True. I mean, because that's what happened to me, too. Structure is Yes, structure happened. is the problem. But yeah, yeah. so, but there, I'm going to, there's some other stuff I'm going to, I got to start working on some other stuff. I got to somehow translate this fascination with the mundane into writing something. You should read Kanausgård, who they say, I think, in America. I can't even say it, much less read it. I don't know, Carl Lube Kanausgård. Or Nelsgard. I don't know how to You say should it. know that better than me. Well, I don't say it in Norwegian. I don't oh, know how okay. to say it so that Americans know what it is. But um, those books are about nothing. <laughs> oh, I don't want to write about nothing. No, it's about the mundane. Stories. I want to write stories, but yeah. I had some ideas. I'm excited. I can't wait to read it. So, Grottopod peeps. Grottopod. Listen to me. Uh, Larry's going to have some cool shit to read. Soon. In a year. Soon. Within the year. In a year. Because yeah. i got to do something because now I'm no, I can no longer carry around this. Oh, I'm in the grotto. Once a week. I'm going to really miss you, and I'm going to miss It's been so great. I know. Fun. You were handpicked as my co-host. I know. You're the best. (laughs) I was so happy. And now we seed the floor. Yep, we do. But you know what? It's in really good hands. It's in really good hands. It's in really good hands. And remember, you can always, if you miss us, you can always go back and listen to old episodes. Uh, And remember, we're going to be back. Yeah, they're in ink. They're not in pencil. (laughs) Uh, And we will be back. 
probably, well, let's see. We're going to record in late March, and we'll probably have two or three for you. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll drop them on you. Yeah, we'll hand it over to the new team. It'll be jarring. <laughs> and sentimental and fun. That's yes. Yes. In the meantime, uh, if you have responses, send them to uh, grottopod at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget about us, BQ. If they don't forget about you, how can they find you? They need to find me at bquintrest on Twitter and Instagram or at bridgequintauthor.com. That's what I need. I need a website like I that. I know you to put really, all this stuff on. really. All right, that's do. my goal for this year website. Okay, wait. Meanwhile, you, you can just it. find me at I that Larry Rosen Instagram and. Twitter. I've been I've been killing it on Instagram lately. I think, but oh, some I weird gotta, weird stuff. I gotta check it some out. weird stuff I've been seeing and I've taking not pictures of. Uh, Grotto Pod at the Grotto Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Though I have been posting. Somebody else will now. Someone else will. It's going to be a very professionally run outfit as soon as they get rid of us. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. I got nothing more to say in this little tiny room. We bid it farewell. But I bet you have one other thing to I say. Have one final thing to say, and it is super important. Okay, it's say it. Read, write, just keep working.